Sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in nearly 87% of cases. Sepsis is a medical emergency. If you or your loved one has an infection that's not getting better or is getting worse, act fast. Get medical care immediately. Ask your healthcare professional, could this infection be leading to sepsis? And if you should go to the emergency room, learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. Support for Let's Fix Work comes from Greenhouse Software. Join us for Greenhouse Open 2019, a forum for recruiting and business professionals to come together to dive deeper into the transformative impact of great hiring. For more information, go to greenhouseopen.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. I'm Lori Rudiman. Years ago, I left my very final job in human resources and out the door, I was offered a benefit called outplacement. Now, outplacement is an industry, but it's also a practice, a benefit where your former company hires a third-party provider to help you get a new job. A couple things about me. I don't like to work with people and I wasn't sure I really wanted a new job, especially a new job in human resources. But I went to the outplacement provider's office and I sat through a presentation and I remember this woman looking me dead in the face and asking me, have you heard about LinkedIn? Now, this was 2007 and not a lot of people had heard of LinkedIn, but I had been blogging for a few years and I was one of the early adopters on the LinkedIn platform. But I really didn't feel like I could tell her because I'd been doing all of this in secret and I didn't want her to report me back to Pfizer. Basically, I was crazy and stupid because I blew an opportunity to have an organization really help me think through next steps in my career. I didn't quite realize that it didn't have to be in human resources. It didn't have to be in the pharmaceutical industry. Outplacement providers are there to really help you land somewhere and be successful. So like all good things in my life, I blow it the first time, but I have got a great guest for you today. His name is Pat Lynch, and he's the president of CMP, which is an outplacement firm in Atlanta. Pat is a seasoned veteran. He has been helping people find work for a very long time. And in this conversation, we speak honestly about the challenges of finding work, especially if you're over 50 or you're a woman or you're differently abled. And we talk about the ways in which outplacement can help you develop a network, grow your network, and find a job that you can actually be successful in. We also speak honestly about the future of work, and Pat is an optimist. I am not, but we have a real conversation about some of the challenges for all workers of all types. It's not easy for anybody out there. Here I go being a Debbie Downer, but statistically, if you're a professional worker, you're going to get laid off at least once in your career. So if you want to think about the future of work and you want to plan, which is really super important, why don't you sit tight and I'll be right back with Pat Lynch and Let's Fix Work. Work is broken, and so is the way you think about it. Host Lori Rudiman is picking up the pieces so you can take control of your career, put yourself first, and be your own HR. With the Let's Fix Work podcast, here's Lori. Hey, Pat, welcome to Let's Fix Work. Well, hello, Lori. It's nice to connect with you. Yeah, we've talked and emailed for quite a while, and now here we are via computer. It is possible to make a connection on the internet and have it come to fruition. That is true. My friend, you are here today to talk about outplacement. Most people who were born after 1985 have no idea what that is. So can you tell me a little bit about what outplacement is and why it's still a thing? Outplacement is basically where a company is in the unfortunate situation of having to downsize, lay people off, 
they will terminate them, give them a severance package. And then many times they will connect them with a outside company, a career transition outplacement firm like CMP to have them work with these individuals to find that next job, get their careers back on track. My guess it's the metrics aren't really that available, but it's anywhere from 10 to 20% of the professionals out there will experience some kind of layoff, termination in their career. Hopefully, they do get connected with an outplacement company because while even in a full employment economy, you think job search is easy. Oh, no. Nobody (laughs) thinks the job search is easy, my friend. We all know the job search is brutal. This concept of outplacement is really someone who operates almost like a concierge for you, a Mm -hmm. coach, a motivator to help you through this time of transition. And from my perspective, I used to work with outplacement providers at very big companies when we would do these mass layoffs. And one of the reasons I'm so interested in having you on today's show is because I see layoffs as a trend they've been picking up in recent years. And I wonder, is outplacement something that's going to be a trend as well? Or are companies just going to say, here you go, here's your severance package and good luck on LinkedIn. It varies at the risk of sounding self-serving. I think that forward-thinking and smart organizations will invest in outplacement. And the reason is one that when you have a transition, you're letting a lot of people go. Now you have all these ex-employees that will trash your employer brand, that anytime you're trying to get a referral for any candidates and they contact them, what do you think they're going to say? Companies, whether they like it or not, are parts of communities. And all of a sudden, you start throwing an entire community up in arms when you have a lot of people that don't have anywhere to go. So that investment in terms of working with an outplacement provider just will be a smart thing for the employers in a variety of ways. And obviously, for the individuals, what they see is that a bad experience that I went through, but they did do these extra steps for me. Let's talk about those extra steps because most people have no idea what outplacement is, right? Because everybody's part of this gig economy now. And when you lose a job, you get nothing. You get bupkis. So outplacement, when I worked, which was like 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. you'd meet with someone, maybe in a group or maybe one-on-one, depending on what you've been given. And you get someone who reviews your resume. And back then, LinkedIn was a new thing. So they would help you upload your resume out on LinkedIn and basically help you navigate the world of job boards. So what does outplacement do in 2019? A lot of that's the same. You have kind of the expected deliverables, and that would be help them to create a resume that works, keyword optimized, clearly communicates their accomplishments in terms of what they have, help them develop a LinkedIn profile that works so that it's keyword optimized, it speaks to what kind of value they have, help them develop a LinkedIn strategy so they know how to use it. Because it's one of those classic situations that people that are employed head down doing their job, they just see LinkedIn as something that I need to find a job, then I'll get on. So they completely ignore it. And so then it takes all that time to catch up. Then once you have those what we call communication materials, then it's moving on to how do you tell your story? How do you interview? How do you get past the question in any networking situation of tell me about yourself? Job search boot camp. I hear you. Oh, yeah. And outplacement still heavily involved with one-on-one consulting, one person talking to one person. So tell me a little bit about some of your individuals that you work with. I know you can't give names and you can't give company names, but give us a profile of someone who would otherwise struggle without your services and maybe how you've turned their job search from a really sad situation into something positive. 
Yeah, well, I'll touch first on themes and then some individuals. The interesting thing in outplacement is that you really are in a lot of ways in the crossroads of a lot of trends that take place today. You have ageism. We get a large number of people that are 50 plus and are just scared out of their minds with how am I going to find something? Am I employable? You have people that decide to do career pivots and go into the gig economy, go into being entrepreneurs, go into buying franchises. There's all of that that takes place. You get into people that just have to re-career, re-pivot, and get into some industry that's working. Case in point, think of all the people now that are on the street that are journalists. Where do they go now? And people who were in retail last year, you know, it's things that we have to get with them and be creative. Things that we worked with individually, we've done the nice things I see every industry and every profession. Some of the unique ones is I've had a Baptist minister that was in the process of a really horrible divorce, having to all of a sudden leave the church in that capacity and find something else. But when we put together his resume, what was interesting is you found that his whole career was built on coming into new congregations and turning them around. He was basically a turnaround specialist. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And what he ended up getting was that he got a teaching job teaching how to run a successful congregation, you know, in terms of how do you fundraise, how do you get members, etc. So it was something from the depths of my career is over to as a brand new one. We work with a lot of people that, especially that are older, and just have to start to learn to re-career, take things like go to General Assembly, you know, and start to learn some applicable skills that you can then get yourself to be more relevant. Wait, wait, go to where? Go to General Assembly? What's that? Yeah, General Assembly is adult education programs. There's one here in Atlanta, most major metro areas. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's kind of a new way of education. I'm doing a talk a couple of weeks from now in the future of work. And we talk about the new collar jobs, which is basically jobs that don't require college degrees. You know, like uh, yeah. do you have a college degree to be a software engineer, a programmer, a coder. And so those same things can apply to individuals that are later on in their career where they can try and do a pivot, learn the relevant skills and move into that job. You know, I'm really struck by how you must be part cheerleader and part psychologist. And you touched on some of the points of intersection with the trends in the economy. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of work? You must have an opinion on this. I'm an internal optimist. so uh, (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad one of us is. (laughs) I am. And at times it can be hard because things that really concern me is that we see outplacement situations that are taking place two weeks before Christmas, things where somebody's on board for three months and let go from a cost savings measure, not for performance. Yeah, yeah. Even though they just spent all that money hiring that individual, my goodness. Yeah, and so there's a lot of things that you see and we have to get past that. We have to help the candidate get past it because there's a lot of resentment there. And then we just have to make sure that we keep everything positive in terms of building them up 
it sounds exhausting. Like the future of work to me just sounds exhausting. And I believe in a future where we share wealth differently. And I don't know, I'm like a pessimist and a cynic, but also an optimist. I believe the future of work could be different if people weren't so greedy. But right now, you touched on ageism, you touched on continuous learning, you just touched on so many themes that make me think, I don't know, man, this is a slog. So from an outplacement perspective, one of the things that I keep thinking about in my own story is that my dad worked for a company for 28 years. And this is a story I've shared a couple of times now. He worked for the phone company. And after 28 years, they told him, time to go, early retirement. They made him take a package. So he did. And he never worked again. And not for lack of trying. I mean, he did outplacement. He worked the system. He had win-loss spreadsheets and he applied at temp agencies. But I think it was partially my dad's quirkiness and Mm -hmm. his expectations about what he should be earning and what he deserved. And also partially people's expectations about what a worker looked like around the turn of the century. My dad was in his 50s, worked at a company since he was in his early 20s. And they said weird things to him like, well, you know, you've only worked at one organization. And he's like, yeah, but I had seven jobs throughout Mm -hmm. my tenure at Illinois Bell. And they would say things like, well, we don't think you're going to stick around. And he's like, I'm 58 years old. (laughs) I'm going to be dead in 25 years. You know, of course, I'm not going to stick around. And so there was just this weird approach to an older candidate. And I wonder, how do you work with older candidates like my dad? And by the way, the story is going somewhere. He ultimately felt unemployable and ended up taking early social security benefits because he couldn't find anything really meaningful out there. And it was just easier for him not to work than to re-enter the workforce. So do you see men like my dad? And how do you work with them? Well, you have to be creative. You touched on one thing to the point that somebody who's had a long career at one place, but multiple jobs that you have to really get that story that comes across. Someone like your dad will have zero chances of getting employed using traditional filing on job boards and trying to get through an applicant tracking system. He would need to go and be able to go one-on-one and tell his story to an individual. Chances are that where he's going to find the most reception is in a smaller situation where there's a little more flexibility, maybe a little less unconscious bias towards age Depending on financial situations and everything, his situation is one where if he could find some pathway to being self-employed or doing something on his own and just kind of exit the corporate life, which, you know, that's sometimes easier said than done given personal financial situation. But we see that quite often and we try to connect with people. Yeah, it really broke my heart. And I remember him saying, well, you work in HR. Can't you get me a job? I'm like, yeah, dad, it doesn't work like that. And the ship has long sailed for him. I mean, these are years now that have passed and he is where he is and he's Mm -hmm. safe and he's in his own little environment. And is currently, you know, making do. But I think about my dad and how many men were displaced in the last great recession. And I worry about men over the age of 50 come the next economic downturn. And to hear that there's no good answer, that these men are going to have to become lifelong learners or self-employed. I mean, yes, to all of that, they are going to have to do that. And many of them will rise to the occasion. But you know, Pat, I hope they cross paths with you because you're an inspiration. And so many of them are not going to have someone out there rooting for them like you would. I just can't emphasize it enough that you have to take control and be a lifelong, constant learner. Do you know Paul Herbert? He blogs on Fistful of Talent. Oh, Paul Hebert. We're going to say his name right. 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll call him Paul Hebert. He doesn't mind about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, my apologies, Paul. No, if you're listening. I do but, know Paul uh, Hebert. Yeah, Paul's he, lovely. Yeah, He wrote a blog uh, two days ago about ageism. That basically, if you're a victim of ageism, there's a lot of it that's your fault. And it was kind of, if you don't take care of your health, can you really complain if you start having health issues later on in your life. And he was trying to give like kind of a tough love that you know this is out there, you know this is going to happen. So why then play the victim when you could be taking steps to do this? I don't take that harsh a tone with people. I try to be nurturing, but I think if I have to evangelize anything, it's just things are moving at such a fast rate that you have to be always keeping yourself current because some industry, darling, all of a sudden could be disrupted in a matter of a few short years. Now, what do you do? And so you have to have that ability to adapt and be flexible. It just is. I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. It just, it just is. Well, wise, wise observations from you. I mean, that tough love is tough. Part of it's right. We don't encourage learned helplessness here at Let's Fix Work, but we also (laughs) encourage people to understand that market circumstances happen. And also people get sick even when they take care of themselves. Paul Hebert, of all people, should know that. I'm curious about the future of outplacement because this is a very hands-on industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're working individually with people's lives and the word disruption is always around the corner. In fact, there have been disruptive outplacement solutions out there where they're doing it digitally and online and those get gobbled up by companies and you don't hear about them or you hear about Mm -hmm. them in a different way. I wonder where is outplacement going? Is it going to be delivered digitally? Is it going away? Will we see more of it in the next couple of years? You tell me. Well, some of the things that when you looked at disruption and innovation, it, you can quarrel whether it's really that major. I mean, it went from where outplacement used to be, everybody would come to the business location, meet, and they, everything would be an in-person meeting. And they needed computer help, you know, because they didn't have a computer at home. They needed resource help. There was a library. That all went away with home offices. And much of the first disruption was just moving it to virtual. And once everybody got past, whether it's effective or not, and the answer is it's very effective doing it over the phone or like we're talking via Zoom, that became the first thing. Then there's a lot of technology that all outplacement firms, including CMP, we have portals that are content-rich, full of information that people can self-learn and they can use templates. You know, we have where they can practice interview questions and hear themselves speak. And there's a lot of video content that we have in there, webinars that we we share. So all that self-learning, but that will just take them so far. There's a lot of things that are kind of coming out about AI coming in and ways where you can do job matching and all that. But that still ends up almost like they match you up with a job. You still have to apply through the applicant tracking system and you don't Go anywhere. They'll have to get past a human. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. There's going to be a human element in all of this. That's just part of it. I think there's a lot of digital tools that will help candidates become that much smarter. But I still, at least my crystal ball, I still see it's very much a people person. A lot like recruiting. There's a lot of AI going into recruiting, but it still has that human element. It's necessary. And I'd love to take the humans out of recruiting. <laughs> I think the humans screw it up. That's another podcast for another day. All right. As we wrap up, Pat, I'd love to know, is there one statistic as an HR professional or an executive who's listening to the show that would convince me that outplacement is worth it? 
But I guess the one thing, if you look at it from a client company perspective, that when we've gone and done all of our post-engagement reviews, that 83% of the people felt that they were treated fairly when they were given outplacement and really had the chance to see the full scope of what they had. Now, the unfortunate fact is there's uh, about 23% of what we see that just don't get it at all. They don't accept it. With Our benefits there, they just decline to engage. And there, what you see is that's where all the negative glass door reviews mm-hmm. come up and all these other things. So the statistic is just, please take advantage of the outplacement services. Employers, please encourage that they be taken advantage of. Don't you just try to cut costs and do it that way. But if they end up taking advantage, people will get through the process. We'll help them and get on with their careers. Do you ever brag about job placement rates or is that inappropriate in outplacement? No, it's a matter of fact. Uh, you know, the job placement rates are so hard, though. It all varies based on the candidate's motivation, the candidate's background. And we have aggregates that within three months for this client, we ended up landing 75% of the people. Within six months, it was 85%. So we have somebody without placement assistance will land a job quicker in general than somebody without outplacement assistance if they go in. So that much I I can safely say is true. Well, good. Well, we wouldn't want you to say anything that's not true, not on Let's Fix Work, maybe on somebody else's podcast. Well, listen, it's been really fascinating to understand the world of outplacement. And hopefully there are executive leaders or business professionals or HR professionals who learn something too. And if they're interested, Patrick, where can they find you on the internet and ask for more information? You know, our website, www.careermp, as in man and Paul.com, careermp.com. Just look us up and you'll see all our smiling faces on there and we'll be glad to help anyone. Yeah. And how about you? Do you accept LinkedIn requests? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn and I'm the president of CMP Southeast and just reach out to me and talk. And if it's a career situation, career question, always take them and glad to help as well. Oh, that's really generous. Well, Pat, it was such a great privilege to have you on Let's Fix Work. Thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you, Laura. You know, I was on a couple of fistful of talent guest blogs last year. Now I'm on your podcast. It's like being on the cover of Rolling Stones. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again. And everybody stick around. We'll be right back right after the break. Hey, everybody, Lori Rudiman here. You know I like a good conference that focuses on HR professionals and talent professionals as members of a community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Greenhouse Software's conference called Greenhouse Open 2019. It's a forum for recruiting and business professionals to come together to dive deeper into the transformative impact of great hiring. This year, Greenhouse is celebrating the talent makers, people like you who have figured out how great hiring drives business growth. There'll be panels, there'll be case studies, and sessions that are interactive with workshops that will offer new perspectives and hands-on experience on the most important talent topics. I am so excited. I'm going to be there leading a panel. And to learn more about Greenhouse Open and to register, visit greenhouseopen.com and enter Fix Work for 25% off your ticket. That's greenhouseopen.com and enter Fix Work for 25% off your ticket. One more time, greenhouseopen.com with the code FIXWORK. 
Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Pat Lynch. He gave out so much information, really good resources for you or someone in your life who's looking for work. So please go ahead and take a look at the show notes. You can see them at laurierudeman.com or letsfixwork.com and go on the individual episode and all the resources will be there. Let's Fix Work was produced by Emerald City Productions. Danny Osmond is my producer. And as always, he works really hard to make this show sound great. Thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to Greenhouse Software. They've got an upcoming conference in June called Greenhouse Open, and you can learn more about it. You could see me. I'm speaking by going to greenhouseopen.com. And if you want to buy a ticket, I would love to see you there. Use my discount code FIXWORK for 25% off. Now that's all for today and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Let's Fix Work. All executives need to be podcasting. Podcasts are the number one way for executives to create an authentic and trusting relationship with employees and potential customers. That's why my producer, Danny Osmond, just did a three-part series on why executives should be podcasting. Want to give your company a brand or a face? Want to connect with current or future employees? Are you interested in pivoting out of your current position and into a new career or personal brand? Well, if you're an executive who is podcast curious, head on over to dannyosmond.com forward slash executives and learn how a podcast builds credibility, how podcasting gives you a leg up against the competition, and how a podcast can power a speaking career and help you write a book. Don't worry about finding the time to listen. Each episode is less than 10 minutes and Danny has put all three episodes in one place. Head on over to dannyosmond.com forward slash executives to listen and find more resources. That's dannyosmond.com forward slash executives. If you're ready to make a real change in your workplace, start today by number one, subscribing to Let's Fix Work on the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes or Stitcher or Android or wherever you listen. Number two, write a five-star rating and review. And number three, share it with a friend, colleague, or coworker who you think would enjoy our episodes.